Amen. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, worship team. Worship was really good this morning. I'd ask the production team to turn up the lights so I could see everyone's faces, but that that won't help this morning because we're still doing online services. But anyway, uh, it is good to be here with you via Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. Um, most of you, I think, have uh, know me. I've come back over the last few years. My family and I have been based in the Middle East and Central Asia for almost eight years now. And um, we actually came back right before the pandemic started or the quarantine period started in, uh, in March. And um, it was literally the day before all the travel restrictions went into place. And, and when we got back, all the travel restrictions happened and, and we just started praying together. And we were thinking, I think there's a reason that God has us here right now. And so we've pretty much been locked up in our houses for the last you know, few months, and we haven't been doing much. We were very excited to come and be with this community and this church. This is really considered our home church. And so coming back and not being able to worship with you on Sundays, we were uh, a little bit let down, but we have been able to join the live stream, and we've been very blessed by that. And we're looking forward to joining starting next week You know, with with the services as they continue. So um, I, I believe Tom called kind of a 21-day fast a couple weeks ago, and I just want to encourage some of you who are doing that. I think it's leading up to next Sunday, which is when the church will meet in person again. And I just want to encourage some of you who are participating in that to continue, and those of you who might not be participating in that to start. Their fasting is, one, is a beautiful gift that we have as believers. And um, I mean, it's easy to feel condemnation or this or that if you haven't been fasting. But I love, I love God's mercy and God's grace. Matthew 20 talks about the 11th hour labor. And if you have just joined or you're gonna join this week or you're gonna join the last day, you reap the same reward as the person who's been fasting 21 days. And so I just wanna encourage those of you who may not have been fasting to jump into that. I think you will really enjoy that. So, well, thanks for having us. Um, We will be around for for the short, uh, immediate future. And so I'm looking forward to meeting some of you. Um, God is, is good. We're glad to be here. Um, we're glad to share with you guys in this time. I think as I've come back, the biggest question I've been asking is what in the world is going on here in America? I'm not very used to uh, being in America. I'm not very used to uh, the different things that we're facing. Obviously, no one has been is adjusted to the pandemic in many ways. And um, but it's caused me to come before the Lord and really ask God, hey, what, what are you doing? What are you speaking right now? Not just to me, not just to my family, but what are you speaking to the church? What are you speaking to the church in this nation? What are you speaking to the church across the world? And um, I imagine most of you have asked similar questions, but it's been a challenging season, I think, whether you're someone who has faced uh, sickness or maybe your family members have had sickness or economic trials or not. I think it's, all, it's forced all of us to wrestle with God in a way that we may have not ever wrestled with God before. Um, myself, we, and my family, you know, we have 
different challenges living overseas where we live, but, but even still, you know, coming back and being confronted with the pandemic, being confronted with social unrest um, and all these different things and economic crisis, it really pushes you to draw close to God or to run from God, unfortunately, but it pushes you and it, there's pressure in a way that um, we may not have experienced before. And so this morning, I kind of want to want to speak into that a little bit and just the things that have been on my heart. And in no way do I feel like this is, you know, uh, it's, I feel like it's my opinion, to be honest. And, and so I want to read out of the book of Haggai. And so you can turn there. I'm going to read out of Haggai 2. And, um, and I'll, I'll share a couple other scriptures this morning, but I want to start there and, and see where this takes us. So Haggai chapter 2, starting at verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake the nations and the desire of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. The glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I'll just pray for us and then we'll get started. Lord, we love you. God, we ask this morning that your spirit would rest upon us in our homes, with our friends, wherever we are, with our family. God, that your spirit would rest on us. And as we look at the scriptures, you would speak to us by the Holy Spirit. God, we want to hear from you. We want the peace of Christ to reign in our hearts this morning. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, open our hearts, open our minds to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name. So as I've, uh, over the last couple months and weeks during this time where we've been stuck at home in many ways, you may have also read this passage, or if you haven't read this passage, you probably have felt a shaking. Um, and I don't, I don't know if, if the pandemic or, or the crises that we're facing are judgments from God. Personally, I don't think they are, but you know, I, that's not as important of a thing to me, for me to answer right now, the more important thing is how is God using these things in our lives? How is God using this pandemic? How is God using the social unrest? How is God using economic crisis in our lives? And how are we responding to him? And over the last few months, this passage or the theme of this passage has been the main thing that I continually come back to in my heart. God is shaking us. There is a shaking that's happening, whether it's caused by God or the enemy or whatnot. That's not what I'm trying to answer this morning. I'm trying to understand what he's doing. And all I come back to is he's shaking us. No matter who caused it, the enemy or God, he's definitely using it for his purposes in his church today. And I feel that you feel that, everyone feels that. And this passage, I feel like gives us some sort of answer of how we respond and how we can see God during this time. 
to understand it a little more clearly, I like to look at the context of the scripture and the Old Testament. Haggai was prophesying around 520 BC, so sixth century BC. And if you remember, just to do a quick history lesson, if you remember the Old Testament, that time period was in the reign of Cyrus the Great. And before that, let's go back to 930, 930 BC. That was when the kingdom of Israel became split and it was the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. Okay, and that was right after Solomon. And Israel reigned in the north and Judah reigned in the south. Okay, and those kingdoms lasted until each in their own respects were taken over in 720, I believe it was. In 720, the kingdom of, 722, the kingdom of Israel was taken over by Assyria and that kingdom fell. And then in, in 587, the kingdom of Judah in the south was taken over by Babylon. And so during these times, Israel has faced incredible crisis. They've seen their own kingdom split right? And, and then they're wondering, why is this happening? But they're split, they're divided. And then Assyria takes over the kingdom of Israel and the ba- Babylonian empire or the Chaldeans take over the kingdom of Judah. Now, after that time period, God raises up an ungodly king, Cyrus, king of the Persian empire. And that king actually liberates the Jews from their captivity. And you know what he does? He commissions the temple to be rebuilt. This is an ungodly king, the temple that had been destroyed by the Babylonian empire. An ungodly king commissions that temple to be rebuilt. That is the time period that Haggai is is prophesying right now. So the, the Jews, they're, they're sitting there, they're in Jerusalem and the temple is actively or, or about to start being rebuilt. And then Haggai comes along and he says, wait, this is what the Lord says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake the nations. Now, if you are a Jewish person in the sixth century BC, you're looking at Haggai and you're thinking, we just experienced the biggest crisis of our day. God has promised to make his descendants as numerous as the sands on the seashore. And we wanna walk into this promised land. We faced captivity with Israel and the Assyrians. And then in the south with Judah, the Babylonians have come in. The temple has been destroyed. The temple is about to be rebuilt, Haggai. Why are you saying that God is once more gonna shake the heavens and the earth? And this is in the Old Testament, you see this theme very frequently. In fact, there's another time that you see it with Habakkuk before the Babylonians take over Judah, the kingdom of Judah. Habakkuk says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. It's an incredible passage in the first chapter of Habakkuk. It says, the Lord is doing a new thing. And then the new thing that he describes, he says, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. And, I, and we read that passage and we like the part that God's doing a new thing, but we don't always remember that God's new thing that he's doing is bringing judgment. And that, that many times is the way God works. If you're a Jewish person in the sixth century BC, you're sitting there a little baffled 
thinking, I thought God was about to rebuild the temple, but Haggai is saying that God is going to shake the heavens and the earth, the land and the sea. And God, in this present evil age, us as believers, similar to the, to the Jews, we are in a wrestle with God, a wrestle to strive for obedience, to strive to pursue God. And we're faced with challenges at, at every corner. But this is, this is the context of this passage. And when we read it, what do we see? We see that there is shaking. There's shaking. It says that there will be natural shaking, the heavens, the earth, the sea, the dry ground, this shaking can be literal, could be earthquakes, could be tsunamis, could be this, could be that. It's a literal shaking, could also be so many other things. Economic, the silver and the gold are mine, is what the Lord says. The silver and the gold are mine. You who have put your trust in those things, in that silver and gold is what the Lord's saying to these people. That is mine. And he's reminding them of this. But as we continue, it says, he, he describes why he's telling them. Why is he going to shake the heavens and the earth again? Why does he not want you to put your trust in the silver and the gold? Why does that belong to him? His answer here is so that the desire of all nations will come. And so that he can fill his house with glory. Now, in the 6th century BC, the Jews probably did not understand a lot of what that meant. But now today, after Jesus has come, we look at this passage and we're seeing that God has now saved us by his grace. And when he shakes us, he's shaking us so that we can put our trust and our faith in him so that we can bow down before Jesus who is the king who is the ruler throughout this this period of uh, you know just the pandemic the economic crisis the social unrest everything that's been going on there has been so much noise um, if you just either turn on, turn on the TV or turn on your Instagram or your Facebook, you're, you're bombarded with noise. Um, I mean, it's so much so, I mean, my wife actually, she's been deleting her Instagram just because it has been, it's overwhelming sometimes because of how much noise is infiltrating our life right now. And it happens in a split second. You don't have to wait for news. And not only that, you don't know what news to read. You don't know what sources to look at. I imagine that you have all experienced that as well. And the challenge that I've been facing during this time with all of this news is that it's, it's so polarizing. If you're looking on Instagram, if you're looking on Facebook, if you're reading the news, it's either this side or this side. It's either this way or it's this way. And, and a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to this sermon um, and basically the point of it was that there is actually a third option. It's not left, it's not right. There really is a third option that is in the middle of the road and it is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God will bring justice at its center and have mercy on all people. 
Now, that is the tension that we face with God. How can he be a God of mercy and love, but still be a just judge? And that is the mystery and the beauty of God that causes us to bow down in awe and in worship. There is a third option when we read the news, when we look at Instagram, when we look at social media, as we're bombarded with all this news, we cannot forget that the kingdom of God is different. It's totally other than. And in that kingdom, there is perfect justice. In that kingdom, there is peace. In that kingdom, every wrong thing is gonna be made right. Every injustice is gonna be exposed. And that kingdom is where we are called to put our hope. Now, some of what we're experiencing today, this shaking, I believe is because God wants to remind us of that third option. God wants to remind us of that kingdom. There's another passage actually in uh, Hebrews where the author of Hebrews is actually quoting this passage from Haggai. And I'd like to read that passage as well. I don't think they'll have it on the screens, but I can read it and you can open in your Bibles if you like. It's Hebrews chapter 12. And I'll start at verse 26. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 says, at that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. I wanna read that. Last, those last two verses again. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. During these days, these shakings that we experience, and I could be wrong about this, but if I'm really honest, I don't really sense that it's gonna get a lot easier. I don't really sense that things are gonna, come to normal again, and that we're not going to experience different trials and tribulations. In fact, in God's mercy, I think we have been grateful, those of us who live in America, to be spared in many ways from a lot of trials and tribulations. However, based on Jesus's teachings, I don't think that's the norm for those who are in the kingdom of God. In fact, Jesus himself said, blessed are you who are persecuted for you will inherit the kingdom. Jesus modeled a way of life for us by being led to the cross, by dying, by suffering, so that we now as his bride, as his church, have the ability, the power, the courage to take up our own crosses. And I think sometimes these days we're, we're thinking, you know, this pandemic, I, I hope it ends and I do hope it ends, honestly. I hope suffering ends and I do hope suffering ends. But what if it doesn't? Or what if when it ends, another, another challenge comes? 
What if when it ends, something else comes up that leads you to feel fear? Or what if when it ends, something else comes up that leads to suffering? What if the, this time period and this season that we're in as a church across the globe is a precursor and a time where we can prepare, a time where we can draw near to God and kindle our relationship with him so that when real trials come, we're going to be found close to him. We're going to be found near to him. So during this time, I I feel like I'm preaching to myself in many ways, but during this time, you may have felt fear. You may have felt uh, economic challenges. You may have felt shaken like this passage is talking about. I'm not saying that any of it's from God. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't, that I don't personally care about, but the way God uses it in our life right now is to shake us so that the things that we're putting our faith in and our trust in fall to the ground. And like the author of Hebrews says, we can inherit this kingdom that is unshakable because his kingdom will not be shaken. I remember when I was young and I, 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 in high school, I guess, I first started reading this passage. I didn't even know if I knew where this passage was, but I heard, I heard someone tell me, shake, pray this every day, shake everything in my life that can be shaken. And honestly, I haven't prayed that prayer in a long time. And I got into this time in March and April and whatever, and I realized God is shaking a lot right now in my life, in my friend's life, in my family's life, in the nation's life, in the world's life. He is shaking things. And in that time period, I want to be found releasing them. If he's shaking you, the way for us to respond is to release, not to cling to these things. As we end here, I'm going to slowly draw this to a close, but I just want to, I want to, I want to give three points out of this passage here in, he, in Hebrews 12. The first thing in verse 27 in Hebrews 12, it says the words once more indicate, indicate a removing of what can be shaken. That is the created thing so that what cannot be shaken will remain. The first thing that I wanna say about this is let the things in your life that can be shaken, let them be shaken. Let's not feel fear when we feel them shaken. In fact, this would be the prime time to invite God to shake us more, as difficult as that sounds. Shake us more. Remove the things that we are put, the earthly things that we are putting our trust in, that we are putting our faith in. Let's not cling to them, whether that's money, whether that's job security, whether that's health, whether that's wealth, whether it's promotion, prosperity, whatever it is. And I'm not even saying that those things are bad. I believe that God wants to bless. God does bless. And in fact, there's probably a great reversal that's happening right now in the economy. The wealth of the riches of the, of the world are gonna be turned and come to the church or to the righteous. Those things are gonna happen, but that is not what God wants us to cling to. Let the things that can be shaken, let them be shaken. If you feel them stirring you, or if you're starting to feel things unsettling in your soul, allow God's space 
in this time to continue to shake them. The second thing is this, as the shaking, as the shaking happens, remember that there is one kingdom that cannot be shaken. So as this shaking happens, and this is what we're, we're seeing a little bit of chaos right now in the world because the world does not have Jesus, right? So they are being shaken as well, but they have no hope. And if they have no hope, it's gonna lead to chaos. They are clinging to the economy. They're clinging, clinging to their jobs. They're clinging to their health. They, their hope is only in this life, which Paul says we're to be pitied more than any other men, if we only have hope in this life. But our hope is different. As believers, we have a hope that is unshakable. It's a hope in the resurrection, a hope in a kingdom that's coming to the earth, a king who is just. Yes, there's gonna be kings on the earth, right, left, this, that, up, down, whatever. But there is a king who is perfectly just, and he will rule and judge with righteousness. That day is coming. And that is where we put our hope. He is the one that we put our hope in. Haggai says that the desire of all nations would come in, that his house would be filled with glory. So that's the second thing. As this shaking happens, Remember that his kingdom is unshakable. And that's the kingdom that your hope is in. That's the kingdom that your trust is in. And the third thing that I would, that I would say, in the same way that the author of Hebrews said it, therefore, let us bow down in worship and in awe of the one who is the desire of all nations. He says in, in verse 28 in Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are receiving this kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and in awe for our God is a consuming fire. In the times and the seasons of my life where I feel like, where are you God? And I'm wondering and asking that question. The only thing I know to do which is honestly the most difficult thing to do. But the only thing I know to do is to bow down in worship, to give thanks to God and worship God acceptably with reverence and in awe because he is a consuming fire. He is gonna shake everything in our life that can be shaken. And so those things, I want, I want us to walk away and I want us to think of those things. We're gonna have a time of prayer this morning. And as you're praying in your homes with your families, I want, to, I want us to think about these things. In what areas of my life am I feeling that fear? And then how, how am I clinging to what God is trying, or am I clinging to what God is trying to shake off me? And then the second thing is, if you are struggling with that fear, asking God to remind you of the kingdom that is unshakable, to remind you of where your hope is found. It is not in political solutions, I'm sorry. I believe that we can do a lot and we are called as the church to do a lot, but 
policies and politics will always fall short. You cannot change the heart of men. You can create policies, you can enact laws, but the heart is wicked and deceitful in all of us. And so in what ways, God, show me how to put my faith and my hope in your kingdom, not in this kingdom, not in that kingdom, but in your kingdom alone, that I would look to you, remind me of what that kingdom is. And then the third thing is bowing down in worship in all, remembering that he is a consuming fire. Now, I don't, I don't know a lot, I don't know anything really about most of your lives in this season or what you face. I mean, there are real challenges that are happening right now. There are real people that are suffering because of this virus. There are real people that are suffering because of economic crisis. There are real people that are suffering because of this social unrest. That's very true. And I don't wanna make light of that. But I do wanna say that in this time where you've experienced that suffering, maybe God is using this to draw us closer to him. Maybe God wants to use this to remind us to put our hope in him. Maybe God is using this to prepare us for something that may be more difficult right around the corner. I think if I'm really honest, I don't know if I was ready for this in March. I think the first five or 10 days, you know, it was just nonstop news. What in the world is going on? What in the world is going on? And then I took a step back and I, and I, and I was wondering, why am I not looking to God and asking what in the world is going on? And it's, I know we're four months in still, but it seems like things are flaring back up again. And I think now is a time where we need to draw near. If you have not yet, If you have not yet drawn near, now is a time to draw near. The challenges will increase. Suffering, persecution, whatever it is, those challenges will only increase. And God wants to draw us after him. So I'm gonna pray for us. And there is, a, there is gonna be a number on the screen that you can text. If you want someone to pray with you, please text that phone number, you'll see it there on the screen. And let's respond to God together. Austin and Alyssa are gonna lead us in a time of worship. And, um, and let's invite the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Lord, we love you. God, you are a consuming fire. Lord, you are completely holy, completely other than. And God, today, your kingdom cannot be shaken. While the kingdoms of the earth right now are being shaken and falling and changing, God, our hope today is in your kingdom. Our hope today is in this king who is the desire of all nations. It's in the one that every nation will look to one day. Maybe it's not happening right now, but one day every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess. And today, God, we remember that that is our hope. 
that he is our hope, that he is our desire, the cornerstone, the alpha, the omega, the only one who is beautiful, the only one who is righteous, who has perfect justice. God, we place our hope in you. God, as we pray right now, would you open our hearts and shake us even more, God? We wanna remove everything in our hearts that's hindering us from loving you. We wanna remove everything in our hearts that's hindering us from seeing you. God, we love you and we thank you. Lord, continue to speak to us through your word. Continue to show us yourself. In Jesus' name.